toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is brought to you by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes number 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the scalar energy daily and have noticed the shifts in the energy, including deep sleep with chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a gift I've been able to provide for my family. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Eugenia Oganova. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. And we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm peaceful, loving energy, breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And breathe that light and love out and sending it back to all of humanity. Remember that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Eugenia Oganova. She is a business strategist personal transformation expert, and messaging energetics coach with over 20 years of experience. She's a self-made millionaire and a personal transformation and business niche and a best-selling author of three books. She is also not a typical business coach. She is a clairvoyant and she uses her extraordinary abilities to support her clients in addition to business and marketing strategies. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited for this conversation. So am I. So tell us about your spiritual journey and what has led you down this path. Well, it has started from the fact that when I was born, I did not fall asleep like most people, which is very typical and how it normally happens on this planet. But I came in clairvoyant and awake and a clairsentient, client audience and so on. So that made for a very unusual childhood. But that also meant that from the very beginning of my life, being able to see patterns, possibilities, timelines, people's karmic issues and so on, I ended up doing some sort of healing work, pretty much starting at the age of two. And then after that, as my life progressed, by the time I was 14, I was already seeing paying clients for healing, energy healing and um, conscious direction. Over the years, I developed my transcension method, which is a system that I use with my clients to help them awaken and bring their soul mission into existence. And one of the things that kept happening is I noticed that no matter what I did, I kept attracting people who wanted to figure out how to have more abundance in their life. That's sort of like universe made it my specialty <laughs> without me trying. And um, whatever I did seemed to be able to make money pretty easily. So people always ask me, how is it that you're able to generate income doing some things that let's say somebody else is trying to do and they're not? So I started to look into what is it that I'm doing that's different than let's say someone else. And part of that became an understanding of the wealth container and how the energetics of wealth work within our energy field. So the combination of that and the transcension as in consciousness awakening that I teach slowly moved into direction of working with business owners or people who had some sort of a gift, but maybe were too shy to fully talk about it, maybe didn't have words to explain what is it that they actually do. And because of it, they were kind of stuck with this, you know, $20 per hour or $50 per session or something like that. And as much as they wanted to help people, and many of them were phenomenal at what they did, just amazing energy workers and coaches and mentors, but financially, they seem to separate spirituality and wealth. And for me, those two things come together. <laughs> I think that money is very much spiritual. So that's how I ended up becoming more of a business coach versus just a healing transformational mentor, which is what I am, of course, in the kind of core of who I am. And um, that's what eventually led into working specifically with conscious coaches and holistic professionals and healers and anybody who essentially has this multidimensional access, because I do too. So I understand that language very well. So when somebody comes to me and tells me something about how they help clean up, um, I don't know, crystalline level in the seventh chakra and how that resonates specifically through the core and to the second or whatever, I know what they mean. The problem is that nobody else does, which is why they can't seem to sell it. <laughs> so that's where I come in when I help them translate all this multidimensional stuff into something that's practical and functional. But one of the things I have noticed also over the years, kind of answering the questions like how did it evolve to this, is that not all strategies work for all people. So that led me to understand that it's not that they're bad strategies, there are plenty of amazing strategies, but then there's also really kind of a unique way of how each person is meant to do it. 
And I call that soul design. So this is based on your soul mission. So I created another system, which is the conscious future method, which is where I put together this multidimensional into practical, but link to each person unique way of how they meant to do it. So that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's such a limiting belief many people in the spiritual world have around, you know, if, if I'm spiritual, you know, how can I make money with that? You know, and, and there's a separation between wealth and spirituality. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about just what is wealth energetics and how is that important? And can you elaborate a little bit more on that piece? Absolutely. But first, I actually want to speak to what you said about the separation of spirituality and materiality, because that's a really good point that <clears throat> I actually have a really good answer to that issue that I think that if people hear that, sometimes it like clicks and then they go, oh, my God, you're so right. Why was I not seeing that? So one of the main reasons why spiritual people feel bad charging higher fees is because they feel like it's a gift. We even call it a gift. It's a word everybody uses. In truth, it's not a gift. You have earned it. And if you think about it, anything that we have earned, we have no problem charging money for, right? If you went to school, if you studied, if you suffered for it, you kind of feel like, well, yeah, that's it's worth a lot. Like I've, I've earned it. But if it's a gift from God or the universe or whatever you believe in your soul, then it's kind of like, well, but it's supposed to be free or really, really low fee or donation. That is not true because that's based on the misconception that it's a gift that just randomly given to you by something. That is so not how it works. Seeing possibilities and timelines and karmic patterns over many lifetimes, I can tell you for sure that if somebody has a specific talent or what we call gift, but let's just say some superpower <laughs> nowadays, it's not random. It's always based on something they have earned through different lifetimes. The only difference is they don't remember other lifetimes. So then it might not look like this is logical that they have this gift now, but it always is. I have never had a person once in my life where I could not trace it back as to how the gift arrived to this lifetime. So that means you have earned it. You just, you haven't earned it in this lifetime. So since the universe does not speak in linear time, it's kind of everything all at once, right? From that standpoint, you totally have the right to charge well for what you're doing because that is something you have actually earned. So that goes back to the wealth energetics question. Wealth energetics is about your capacity to interact with the universal abundance. So Universe is abundant place. It's always abundant. Everything is, and there's plenty of it. There's never not enough of something. But our perception limits it into a narrow box that says, I am only capable of having this, but not more. And I have to be something else in order to have more. And there's a little bit of a truth there because it's the identity that determines the box. So if one's identity or self-belief that produces this perceptual box is small, then that would be their wealth container. That would be like what the universe can pour in the abundance. So kind of like think of it like little Chinese teacup. And then the person is trying to maybe charge, I don't know, $1,000 for their offer or $5,000 for their offer. And they can't and they can't find clients and whatever. And then they saying, well, it must not be worth this much or I'm not that good. When actually they might be absolutely phenomenal but they need to expand their little Chinese teacup into a soup or salad bowl <laughs> to really get like a lot more from what already is. 
So a lot of it is about synchronizing. So the whole wealth energetics is about synchronizing with what you desire in a quantum field by expanding your wealth capacity and doing so through a shift in or upgrade in one's identity. Mm, I love, I really resonate with this message. This is really, it's really intriguing to me. So I'm curious what, whether you call it blocks or belief systems that may be inhibiting only for a person to only have a teacup size container. Like what are some of those things that make it that small as opposed to the salad bowl? Because we all want the gigantic salad bowl. But what are some of the things that you see, whether in yourself or clients that that make it that small teacup size? Well, usually there's some sort of a self-worth issue, which is based on some wounding. So as you know, when we grow up, we come in maybe all open and happy, and then bad things tend to happen and misconceptions, mistranslations, maybe our environment kind of activates some karmic wounds. And before long, we start to believe whatever this defense mechanism is as if it's us. So most people's beliefs about wealth are limited by their mistranslation of who they actually are back to the identity. So if you believe you are, I don't know, practitioner of this, then you can only charge for whatever you think is this practice worth. If you believe that you're here to help people, then you might have an issue with charging money for it because that in whatever your belief might be not helpful and so on. But most of it is self-worth based on mistranslation of the universal abundance and self. So as I said before, everything in the universe is abundant. It's abundant always. But from the third dimensional limited perspective, when people forget that, which of course happens when you get born and (laughs) live here, it translates as, but if I take, then there's less somewhere else. And women are really kind of stuck on that specific hook. (laughs) Men less, but women more. Men like to accomplish more, so they question their capacity to accomplish. Women, they more like question their worth. (laughs) It goes right to the core immediately for us. So it becomes like, but if I take, then I'm taking from this person or now somebody has less. And that belief, that's a scarcity belief that's actually feeding the morphogenic field around this planet of scarcity, which is why most people live in it, unfortunately. But if you pop through that field, by seeing yourself as I deserve everything. I don't have to earn it by like being a good girl. I can just be and it's mine. And then it's more about personal mastery. Like I deserve to the level of my mastery. I deserve to the level of how can I synchronize with something? You know, if you can match bringing in $100,000 client, you can. If you can match bringing a $5,000 client, you can. If you can only match, let's say, bringing $50 for an appointment, then that's all that's going to arrive. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare when somebody brings in more than what you're asking for, right? So part of that internal issue is, you know, being good enough to know that you can take it, but that's a mistranslation of, of course, you're good enough. We we eternally awesome. (laughs) We come in born from, you know, this divinity into this reality with our self-worth permission slip, you know, ready and laminated. Like that's it. It's all done. (laughs) We just forget about it. And then we believe the false identity, which is all the defenses, like whatever helped you survive your childhood, whatever helped you you know, function certain way, maybe in your family, 
like please your parents or, you know, do something with your siblings, like fit into the dynamic of whatever you were born into. Most of those things are going to be one way or another limitations on the wealth container and going to make it smaller and smaller and smaller. So when somebody says, okay, I'm here to do my soul work, like I really am meant to bring this gift through and I'm going to deliver it to the world. That means they also have to be the identity that can do that. They have to discard or upgrade or evolve, whichever way you want to think about it. Sometimes we have to throw away something. Sometimes we just evolve them. Um, the identity that was created within a lifetime that a lot of time is actually imprinting, conditioning, and karmic overlays. It has nothing to do with who we really are. All those things are the answer to what limits your wealth container. Those things. Thank you for, yeah, that explanation. I think I, I resonate with all of that as well. And I know there's a lot of people that maybe struggle with, you know, while well, finding that gift, but also, you know, you mentioned just that deserving and trying to expand and, and it might be coming from past life or imprinting or, you know, the traumas and, and things. And so what are some tools that people can use to identify what those blocks are so that they can, you know, start to expand and shine their gifts in the world. Yeah. I was going to ask that same question. Like, how do you go from the teacup to the really big salad bowl? <laughs> you start asking good questions of yourself. You start asking like, okay, I want to have this. Like, let's say I want to have a client who pays me $10,000 for working with me for, I don't know, six months. Great. But I can't because, and what will go after that? would be the answer to your karmic pattern. Because anytime we come up with, but, you know, I can have this if then this happens, you know, this if then, that's a duality. Mm -hmm. Universe doesn't speak English, it speaks frequency. So everything is one and it's all synchronicity to different frequencies. As soon as we split them and it becomes if then, I can, but I can't because any kind of a thing like this one that you kind of like think, you, you can imagine it within you. It feels like two scales, you know, on one side of the scales, you have this desire that you have, right? And on the other side is all the why it can't be because I'm not good enough, because I'm not smart enough, because I haven't educated myself enough, because somebody else is better than me doing that very same thing, because there are already many people doing that very same thing. And like, there are millions of things that people come up with. Those are just like really habitually the ones I hear, but they're so so many like it could be that but me just holding space is not enough like who would pay for it mm -hmm. and I would say first of all you holding space is actually more than just that and second yeah if you say it like that nobody's gonna pay for it but if you are able to clearly articulate the value of your soul work absolutely somebody would pay to be around you and feel different <laughs> so it's like we have to value our own gift first Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we want to get somebody else to value it so that we know it has value. Mm -hmm. And that's back to duality split and it cannot work. Abundance only works when you are choosing to be something first. That's why I always bring it back to identity. Mm -hmm. So who are you being? Are you being a woman or a man that can have the thing you want, like the larger salad bowl type of a cup? Like, are you being the person who's matching in your perception of reality. Like I would even say, go literally practice that. Like, let's say if your goal is to attract a client who will pay you, let's say $5,000 for a specific uh, program or course or something that you have, great. Now, 
start asking yourself, start journaling about it. So I can have this client. And then whatever little nye, 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 voice that comes up, <laughs> what does it say? No, you can't. Why? Well, why not? Well, because you're because the course is not pretty, because the videos are not perfect, because like whatever it is that comes up, write it all out and start looking for patterns in this. Because really, once we kind of get it all out from the system where we believe it onto paper or somehow out of ourselves on a video or whatever, then you can step back and watch yourself. Let's say if you talked it out onto a video for yourself, you can watch yourself and you will see patterns. And the patterns would be, oh, that's my mother. Oh, that's my father. Oh, that's the teacher in school. Oh, that's my community. That, that's the, the thing that my grandma always said. You're going to start seeing things. And maybe it's not even something somebody said in your growing up. Usually it is. But it could be also karmic overlay. Like you might have a flashback to something like, oh, yeah, I was killed for that before. I said that before and then yeah, somebody killed me. And whatever those things are, become aware of them. Because the more you are aware of them, the more they are not hiding in shadows. Now they're in the light and you can love yourself through them. You can help yourself transcend that. And back to the identity, who am I being? That's the quantum anchor. So are you being the person who believes all these things that you just wrote down? Or are you being somebody else? What I usually do with my clients is we get all that out on something external, video or paper. Now it's not in you, it's outside. Now you looked at patterns, you can kind of trace like, oh yeah, it mostly goes in that direction. And there are layers, by the way, it's not just one, there are many. But then if you go to your higher self identity or whatever the version of that for you is, your soul identity, your divine identity, who is she? How does she feel? Usually when people go into that, they kind of drop all this human stuff, the imprinting and conditioning, and they feel like, oh yeah, everything is well. <laughs> I, I can have every, of course I can have a client that purchased this. Of course there is amazing message. And who cares if the videos are not perfect? Like that's not the point. The point is something else. And I gave my heart and soul to this program. I know that this, you know, person, if they, like, if I could just get my hands on that client, I can help them. Like that kind of a feeling. Good. Now you're in the right identity. And then start looking for discrepancies within you. Like if you wear the upgraded identity that matches the higher expanded wealth container, then you take that outfit off and you wear your habitual identity for a moment. What changes in your body? Oh, the chest tightens. Oh, my neck starts to hurt. Oh, I hold my breath or like all these little things. So correct those so that you're going through your life with the higher identity. And I make it really kind of silly, like even to the point, like what underwear does she wear? The one in the higher identity. Would she wear this T-shirt or would she discard that T-shirt and actually, you know, wear something different? You know, would she have her dinner on a, I don't know, plastic plate eating, you know, from the container or something? Or would she put it on a plate and maybe have a candle and have her water in a wine glass? Like these little things make a huge difference because when you uh, almost like trick your brain into believing to be that other self, but you start play, play pretending, like you start living as that self. In little things even, like how does she do laundry? How does she sleep? You know, what does she do in her, like, would she have what you have right now on your desk? Or would her desk look very different? Little silly things like that. 
It's not about so much the material stuff. It's more about having material reflect to you and remind you about who you want to be. And the more you do that, the more you're going to end up with magic happens, like because now you're in a frequency that synchronizes to the larger expanded wealth container, right? So it looks like magic. It looks like suddenly like, oh my God, somebody came and just totally purchased this program and I didn't have to go look for them. You know, where I had sales conversation with somebody and I was all prepared for handling objections and there were no objections. She was like, totally, yes. How do I pay? So things like this happen when we let go of all the what we think we should do. The if then, if I did all this stuff right, then I can get paid. <laughs> that's that's the part that keeps everybody in scarcity. And I'm I'm hearing too that so it's really about creating awareness around our those limiting beliefs, the yes buts, and then coming into alignment and really embodying who you want to be and bringing that within. Would you say that's accurate? That's a simplified version. Yes, like a bridged version of everything I said. Yes, but in a identity is a little different than beliefs. And yes, identifying and becoming aware, obviously, like without being aware, nothing can happen. But what I'm talking about is a mastery. It's like being aware. There are plenty of people who are aware. But then can you handle it correctly? Can you actually habitually handle it the way that results in bringing in wealth? If you can, then you can bring all the wealth in the world. But that's the process here is obviously, I mean, awareness is like entry point, but once you're aware, what do you do with it? And as long as you keep practicing, and this is what I teach is self-mastery essentially in that direction, like how to not just be aware, but deal with it in a way that doesn't just change like your way of thinking. A lot of times when people say believe, they kind of think like, well, I think this way. That's like really entry level kind of like awareness. But when you go to like PhD level of that, that would be, okay, what does that mean? Like operational program by which I live mm-hmm. to that level? That's when it becomes identity because now you really made the whole movie and you're the star of your show. And we're all stars of our shows. Unfortunately, the shows are not produced by us. They produced by our families, by religion, by karma. And what we want to do is finally take control and become the producer and the actress within our own show. That's the self-mastery part. Wow, that's fascinating. I, I love how you come back to this, the, the energetics of soul or the soul design. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what are this like the energetics of the soul aligned messaging that can convert, whether if someone is in business or maybe it's converting to better health or better relationships, kind of in all aspects of life. What is what is that messaging that actually needs to convert to like see those results come in, whether it's, you know, business gets elevated or health gets better or relationships improve? Like what's that transference process? How can you convert from just like you mentioned, it's just kind of a head thing as opposed to, you know, being your identity. Right. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with the thing I said earlier that universe does not speak English. So it's not about like I mentally think these words or I made this collage and I lit this candle that's why it's going to work. None of those things by themselves do anything, but it's the bigger part behind that. So the universe speaks frequency as in which frequency are you being? So the universal law is that you have to be 80% at a specific charge. So that would be the charge that the universe would respond to. 
So 20%, you can be a mess, you can have your own issues, you can have self-defeating, you know, stories going on, but they can be more than 20%. As soon as they spill into becoming kind of like a subcurrent, like most people are not even 50-50. They maybe have the other split. They have like 20% where they do their affirmations and they do all the good things. And I know I should be thinking this way because this is really good for me. But 80%, the iceberg underneath the water, <laughs> it's all the other stuff because their everyday activities, their body responds to the 80% and so is the universe. So if we want to change something, we have to change that ratio first, which means that this is the play pretend part. You literally have to walk into a different movie that you're consciously producing. And unless it is something that feels true to your body it's just going to be another story and everybody lives in stories so you kind of like you want to make up a story that's good for you <laughs> but then you want to fully embody that story that's why I do silly things like what underwear does she wear how does she have her tea you know how does she like what her desk looks like it's not about any of those things but those things actually help our body play pretend that this is what's really happening Right. Like, I'll give you an example. I had a client who always wore clothes that were kind of almost damaged, like almost falling apart because she was saving the planet because, you know, I don't need any more. And when she came to me, it's like, well, um, I would like to, you know, serve. I would like to do this. I have this. I think it's five thousand dollar program. I, I, why can't I find clients? I'm like, change your T-shirt. It, it's not about being on a video in a different shirt. It's about the be belief if you're trying to avoid interacting with this planet so you save it, you know, you can kind of extrapolate onto that. Like, well, there's not enough and I'm not going to, you know, bother anybody. And I'm, I'm like, with that energy, of course, she cannot then attract anything of the higher level because the belief already says that, but people don't have enough. So then in her world, nobody would have $5,000. <laughs> That's why she couldn't find any clients. So a lot of it is about literally changing how you interact with your environment. It's not about spending more money, but it's about having a different attitude about it. You know, it's um, choosing something that is like if you can afford to put, let's say, $3 more on buying a organic shampoo, why wouldn't you support the company that is tiny, maybe little company that's making that organic shampoo? If you believe that that's a good shampoo, of course you would. But when people kind of like forget that if we do this consciously, we're actually sending a message to the universe. So a lot of the messaging is literally how are you vibrating to the universe? If you're vibrating in a way that is telling universe that there's scarcity and you don't want to bother anybody or you don't want to take too much or something like that, even though you're doing affirmations for wealth and bringing in the angels and, you know, goodness of the universe, that's 80, 20% in the wrong direction because your actions, your body is the broadcasting station and the body is going to tell the universe what vibration you're really living in. So changing that to a different, you know, like I had a client who was, barely making any money. I think she was charging $60 per appointment. She didn't have many clients and she was, everything was kind of really basic in her life. And I said, okay, I know you don't have a lot of funds right now to like go and upgrade your whole life, but let's figure out how we can make you the identity you want to be. Who do you want to be? She wanted to be the queen. 
Like that was her, like the queen of her kingdom. Awesome. So how would the queen do it? And the queen would simply walk slower to the kitchen <laughs> instead of running. The, the queen would take a little longer shower. Like she didn't have to spend more money. She just had to be the queen. And once she was able to do that, she's, you know, she had a $1,500 program, I believe, or something like that. She was selling that, no problem. And then it upgraded her lifestyle. And she had to actually spend a little bit more to kind of fit her body into that and be okay with it, to receive it. And when she was okay to receive it, she upgraded her pricing. Then it became 3000 something program. And then again, she had to upgrade. So sometimes it's a stair-step process. I mean, I've had clients who went from charging $200 to charging $12,000 for a program. It just was a matter of packaging and talking about it and changing their frequency. I've had some clients who had to do a lot of steps because their body couldn't handle that big quantum leap. That was like, whoa, I, I got killed for that before. I, I can't do it. So then we had to do little things because I, I don't believe in throwing people off the cliff to, to learn the lesson. <laughs> I think you can always find a way to walk. <laughs> it's just so it's safe. But you still have to challenge yourself. And it's kind of funny sometimes to see how everybody wants wealth. But when we start talking about what do you need to change and how you're thinking about yourself, that's like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, well, do you want wealth or not? <laughs> if you do, you have to actually love yourself, not in some platitude, not in some you know affirmation, but you literally have to treat yourself with love and respect. The way people speak to themselves and I hear it, see it. <laughs> so like I was always horrified by that because you would see somebody who's so nice to others, such a helpful person, pillar of community and everything. And then you look inside and the energetics of her own self-conversation, horrible. I mean, she, she would never speak like this to anyone and yet to herself all the time. So that's the part that needs to change mm -hmm. in order for the message to be different. And I'm also hearing too that there's this shift from, you know, we've been conditioned, I think, in our culture to be in that masculine energy that, you know, work harder, go after that goal. And, you know, we're, but this sounds more like kind of switching into that more feminine energy and bringing in that flow and ease and just creating from the self worth place and the you know valuing ourselves and letting things flow to you as you're raising your your own vibration so i think there's also this belief that we do have to work harder and you know work long hours and and i can certainly relate to this i feel like sometimes i i work so hard that you know i'm trying to seek that goal and i'm you know trying to slow down and and meditate but i'm still like have that conditioning you know no matter how much I stop and slow down. And so I know that's been a struggle for a lot of people. And so I'm just wondering if there's, uh, if you can talk a little bit about that and how do we shift from really working harder to get to our goals and our vision and really uh, move through that to work smarter, not harder. Right. And it's a balance between some practical steps and action. So that's the work part. and some internal acceptance and receiving and just being. So it's a doing and being, but they have to be balanced. And they're actually both extremes. There are some people who go into do, 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 because they don't understand that you can receive by just being. 
Now you can't receive as much. You have to actually do something if you want more, like for a business, let's say. But if we're talking about modifying something like a changing of an energy, you can't do that by being, by synchronizing the quantum point of view, the identity to whatever you desire. Action, a lot of times people program to do that as the way to achieve. But that's just one of the ways to achieve. So that's why I started to say that there are two types of people. There's one type that feels like the only way to get anywhere to create anything is the action. So then they overact, they, they do too much. And then they kind of lack the receiving part. So a lot of times people like that, the correction is actually opening up that being presence, receiving, stopping, slowing down part. Once they do that, it balances out their action and then they can actually receive the fruits of their labor. Otherwise, they just do a lot and nothing seems to, like the effort doesn't produce enough result. Um, and the other extreme is actually overly magnetic, overly feminine, when they kind of like sit and hope for something to happen. It's that helpless, like, I don't know what to do. I just I just don't know. And no, but nobody told me. And being in that energy very quickly turns into a negative kind of a sinkhole because it's receiving, but it's only receiving your own programming. You're not receiving anything new. It doesn't get through. The message is still the same. I'm not good enough. I don't know what to do. So I don't do. <laughs> so there's no action. So I'm being, but you're not being the higher frequency either. So both uh, polarities, the action and the being, have the kind of a higher version of it and a lower version. So in a higher version, of course, doing will be soul aligned action when you already got inspired, you had your vision, and then it just like, you know, it feels right, like your intuition is guiding you into action. Those actions you usually will have plenty of energy for because they're the right action, but they also not continuous action. Depending on your soul design, some people have it kind of like a lot of action and then a break when they rest. Some people kind of have to do one foot in front of the other type of action throughout their life. But it's that's more of based on how how you're made but that's an inspired higher action same thing with the magnetic feminine flow that would be uh in a higher sense when you're open when you're like what we were talking about with your wealth container when you're able to receive when you know your divine being you're loved you're supported by the universe you're always safe and when those two things go down into lower frequencies, that's where the doing, the action becomes the, what is it, hamster in a wheel kind of thing? Like when you just run, 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 do, 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 and then you burn out trying to earn love and acceptance <laughs> that never seem to come from that. Or the negative feminine, which would be the swamp, you know, the kind of sinkhole into, oh, I don't know what to do. I just, you know, I'm just going to help everybody, but like, oh, I don't need anything. And, you know, that doesn't go anywhere either. So it's not just that you need to be more versus doing. It depends on where the wound is. Somebody might be too far on a polarity of being, they're just being negative. So it's about upgrading it. And a lot of times what, like what you were saying, Stacey, is that it masquerades as good when it's not beneficial. Like it masquerading as good to do a lot of things and be very helpful person. And look how strong she is. Look how much she can do when she's actually like an end of her open burning out. But it looks socially good. The same thing with the negative magnetic. It could look good. And then the person can kind of trick themselves into thinking, but I'm such a nice person. I'm so good to people. I'm always helpful. I just don't understand. Why can't I seem to have something for myself? And it's like, well, because you have no boundary, because you overgive all the time. 
And then there is no receiving happening. It's all focused on the giving. The heart chakra in that case is actually too big. They need to kind of minimize it a little bit to balance with other chakras. So all of those polarities need to work together so that the lower ones are healed and then upgraded into a proper balance. And nobody's 50-50. You know, nobody's like 50 feminine, 50 masculine. We all have both polarities. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Nobody's just one polarity. That would be crazy. Um, I've never met a person like that. Everybody has some ratio, and usually it's like 60, 40, 70, 30, or somewhere within that. And some people are more on the kind of a fluid being side, and some more on the doing side, which, by the way, has nothing to do with physical sex. Like, there are plenty of women that are in business that are actually like doing something in the world that are more in that electric masculine energy. It's just they still not 90%, 10%. They kind of need to be more like probably 60, 40, which means when they're not working, the 40% should be the feminine to balance out their action. And the same thing with men. There are plenty of men who actually have more feminine energy than masculine. So um, I think as we become more conscious that polarity and sex are not related anymore, it changes depending on what your soul contract is. Thank you for that explanation. I really like seeing the masculine feminine side of those polarities just in a, in a different light. We all have a bit of each and how you've able to help people kind of identify where they tend to settle or whether percentage is heavier on the one side or the other. And so I'm curious, you mentioned in your bio earlier that you are clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. And so does this clairvoyancy, and maybe explain that to our listeners, first of all, um, what clairvoyancy is and how do you help others uh, with that? Well, clairvoyancy means that you see things as in visual, um, that are of frequencies that are not physical. There are different clairvoyants, I guess. There's some that see like literally energy floating around people, some that see um, past life, some that see anatomy, like medical intuitives and so on. Uh, my way is I'm visual and I see energy around people, but I also see stories. So when I would look at somebody, a story, like it's a, I, I can't even explain it. It's like a movie that starts playing. And that movie could be something of the future of this person or a possibility or something like if I'm working with a client, it could be, okay, if you make this decision, movie goes this way. Or if we do this, and as soon as I change, like, where are we going to go? Different movie plays. So now I know different two outcomes from those actions. Um, a lot of times the movies are past lives that are, link to a specific karmic pattern that the person is right now hooked on that they need to clean up in order to move on. So I would see that as little snapshot of a movie that like fast forwards in front of me. So that's, I've always been like this. I've always seen it. And when I was a child, it was a little um, disturbing, let's just say, because I almost couldn't differentiate what's here, what's not, <laughs> because it was happening so much. So it took a while to kind of anchor it like, okay, this is me, this is what's happening. And I remember being three years old and I was having a conversation with my father standing in the doorway of our apartment about this energy being that I was working with. And I was trying to explain to him because I was conscious. So I was in a tiny little body, unable to explain, but still the same as I'm talking to you now. So I'm trying to explain to him I was doing this work with this person and he's not getting the person because that's an energy guide. So after a while, we kind of got that, okay, he can see me. He can see the doorway, but he cannot see this person standing next to me. 
So I had to, in my three and a half year old mind, put it into like, okay, the things I can bump into are the things people see. The things that I can walk through, they don't see, even though they are real to me. (laughs) So over time, that's kind of, I mean, it was a fun learning to drive, I can tell you, because it's just so many things are not translating literally for me because I don't see empty space. Everybody sees like empty space and then there's objects in the space. I just see lots of everything. I remember being in one person's apartment and then I fell over and everybody's like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, there's a train that just passed through her living room. So that means a long time ago in that spot, there used to be a train tracks and the train would go, it was a steam train. But of course, now there's its apartment building. So there are a lot of these really weird overlays that I get. But um, I've learned to discard what I don't need and focus on the things that are applicable and then work with my clients, guiding them to a specific direction. Like we would literally look at like, okay, what do you want? What's the vision? Not quite the goal, but the vision. And then we open that vision up more and more and more to the most beneficial. So it's not a vision based on ego, based on some not enoughness, but the true soul vision. Once we know that, then we look for timelines and possibilities. So as the person comes up with like, well, I can create a workshop where um, I can teach this, or I guess I can do a couple of videos on this topic, or I can contact this person. Every time they say something, I'm literally seeing in their field, like, and then this is how puzzle changes if she does this. And this is how puzzle changes if she does that. And I can reflect that to my client. And then we figure out the way that is the most harmonious to get to creating and manifesting her vision. Thank you so much for sharing those examples. And as we begin to wrap up, please tell our listeners like where they can find you and things that you are currently working on. Um, Well, there are many programs that I have, and my website is transcensiongate.com. This is the kind of the way to see everything. What I would love to give your audience here is a webinar training that I did that explains how healers and coaches can create sustainable 10,000 a month income from doing their soul work, from doing this amazing thing that they're meant to do in this lifetime and find high ticket clients who are ready to pay them with ease instead of feeling like, oh, I have no idea where to find these people and whatever. I describe how it actually works, the wealth energetics. So you can think of it like a new model of um, conscious coaching so that you don't have to do endless course launches or large email lists that you somehow create this multi-level funnels and all this stuff that most spiritual people kind of tend to avoid. Well, you don't need any of that, but you do need to clearly articulate the value of your work. So in this specific training, I talk about how to attract high ticket clients by speaking from your soul expertise, by speaking from that inner essence place, even if you don't consider yourself yet an expert or a high ticket coach or something like that, that's okay because it's it will show you how to expand yourself into that. That one is a soulstrategywebinar.com. So if you go to soulstrategywebinar.com, you will end up in the page that would lead you into that webinar. Um, There are many things for free on my website as well, Transcension Gate. And I also have a spiritual community that's called Transcension Gate, where right now I'm teaching quantum evolution course. So you're welcome to join that as well. 
Beautiful. And we'll add all of those links to the show notes so people can easily find you. Thank you. And your offerings. Yeah. And thank you so much, Eugenia, for being here with us today and sharing this beautiful conscious conversation. Oh, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that it made a lot of sense for the audience and that somebody had a light bulb going off like, oh, this is what I was missing. <laughs> Absolutely. I know I had a lot of light bulbs for me, so I <laughs> I can anticipate it did for our audience as well. And so thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-host Stacy, myself, and Brenda. And just for a low dollar amount donation of $2.22 or $5.55, it really helps us with the operating costs of the podcast so we can continue to spread the love. And so to contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. 